This is Raksha Radio with Mangala Kanesan and Dr. Hiral Patel. Today we are going to be talking about building healthy relationships, something that I personally have a lot of questions about and I'm so excited to be able to have Dr. Hiral Patel here to talk to us a little bit about building healthy relationships. Thank you for being here, Dr. Patel. Thank you for having me, Mangala. So let's get right into it. What are the markers of a healthy relationship? In any relationship, if there is um, trust, um, respect, and love, and your relationship will flourish. And of course, that requires good communication as well. Yeah. In order to build trust, in order to have, you know, build respect, um, you will need to have good communication skills as well. So those are, I would say, Communication skills, trust, respect, and love okay. are very important. Okay, so those are the major things to look for when you're kind of gauging whether or not you're in a healthy relationship. Can you tell me a little bit more about communication? I've noticed that growing up, even with friendships that I've had with other people, family members, or even other relationships, like romantic relationships, communication has always seemed like the most difficult thing, the, di- the most difficult aspect of a relationship to really access and improve on. And I th- I'm starting to think, because I've gotten older now, that some of that might be because we're just not taught how to communicate about our wants and needs. And also, we don't really see people <laughs> actually doing that. Like, I can't remember the last movie or TV show I saw or the last song I heard that featured people communicating about their wants and needs in a healthy way. Yes, communication skills are really, really hard because I wonder how I grew up and with my family members, we don't usually, we weren't really taught that this is the healthier way to communicate. This is the healthier way to build a relationship. This is how you solve problems. This is how you identify your feelings so part of healthy communication is knowing what you're experiencing and how to uh, and identify what you're feeling and expressing that it is really important that you you are aware of what your needs are it is important you are aware what your wants are and what you're experiencing so you can clearly tell somebody else that requires a lot of work on yourself actually whether it be going through therapy whether it be through religion whether it be through anything that you do but it requires just doing some sort of introspection and reflection on yourself and identifying okay. what your needs are um so say you started dating this person they start doing something that you don't like say this person keeps trying to like hold your hand in public in front of your friends and you don't want them to and you've told them that and they keep doing it what do you do You've told him that you don't like it, and yeah. the person keeps doing it? Yeah. What do you That's think? a clear violation of your boundary. D- that's not okay, but don't... What no, if they it's definitely hold your hand? okay. <laughs> what if they just want to hold your hand? Yeah, like, what if they want to hold your hand, but you, wanna, you don't want to hold theirs? Like, do their needs not matter? Of course their needs matter, but also uh, your lack of comfort and your body, a lack of comfort with uh, somebody touching your body is more important than somebody's need to hold hand Mm -hmm. and I hate like trumping one over the other but there needs to be if if the relationship needs to go for it wants 
if both parties are willing to take the relationship further, there needs to be a good communication about what is the hesitancy about holding the hand and what is the need for other person to hold the hand. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be good communication about that that needs to take place so both parties can understand each other, the partners can understand each other and see where there is room to compromise. Okay. So hand-holding is like a pretty like low-key example, but mm-hmm. just in general, when you're starting a conversation about what you like and what you don't like, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you start that conversation with someone? Hey, do you like this? Oh, no, I don't like this. Okay, so tell me what do you like? So it's simple as that. That sounds really easy. It does sound really easy. But I feel like when I was, you know, like when I was a teenager, I think it would have been, it would have been easy for me to ask someone what they like, but it would have been harder for me to say out of the blue or just to bring it up that I didn't like something. Yeah, and here we're digging into like uh, issues that are, <sighs> this th- these beliefs are rooted in like sex, you know, sexist um society where women have been oppressed for years and years and years and I don't want to get all um, (laughs) all, uh, political. Women have been culturally, women have been taught to ignore their needs and women have been taught to put other people's needs before theirs. So it is really important that we're talking to our children or we're talking to our friends or anyone about it. So I, I would say it's it's both partners' responsibility to ask each other's needs. So I wouldn't just say that it's important for females to, you know, it's to communicate their needs. But I would also say, you know, males to communicate uh, to ask, like, hey, what are your needs? And um, of course, right now we're only referring to heterosexual, heterosexual, cisgender relationships. I'm not even including the other relationships, uh, other relationships or issues that they face between just two people in general there's a lot that stops us from communicating those needs so I think it I think that kind of does apply across the board it is something that is social it's something that we learn we do and that's why it's important for both partners to ask what each other's needs are as well as you know, talk about what their needs are. So if one person doesn't seem to be, if your partner, whether male, female, uh, cisgender or transgender, they need to ask each other that, hey, you know what, I haven't, you haven't really said what you like, what you don't like, why don't we talk about that? Mm-hmm. So that communication needs to happen just, so it doesn't matter if, what is your gender, what type of relationship. We talked a bit about how to build healthy relationships. I'm going to ask you again. How do you know if you're in a healthy relationship? I mean, there are so many ways that you you can know that you're in a healthy relationship. There are various relationships that we're in. Yeah. Friendship, mother-daughter, father-son. Co-workers. Co-workers, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, siblings. So a few of the markers that I've noticed throughout throughout my personal relationships and observed uh, other people is that if there is um, good communication, if there is trust, mutual trust, mutual respect, and mutual care for one another. These are the markers for healthy relationships. Okay, and I think we talked a little bit about 
communication and about how to ask what's okay, what's not okay, what each party likes, what the other party um, may or may not like. How do you build trust in a relationship? You build trust in a relationship through open, honest, empathic communication. Okay, I got open, I got honest. What does empathic communication mean? Uh, Basically, coming from a place of non-judgment and more of an acceptant and acceptance and more of compassion place empathic is like putting yourself in the other person's shoes and what it what would it be like if I was the one that was saying this or if I was the one that was hearing this so just being empathic to one another mm-hmm. instead of reacting to whatever that's coming up for you so is that kind of like when people talk about receiving and hearing what another person is saying mm-hmm. with love instead but, of judgment, is that kind of similar? Like trying to like assuming that the other person is coming from a good place, or like assuming yes the best interpretation possible of what the other person is saying instead of like someone yes. says something to you and you take it in like the most critical way possible. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So assume, and that's why the other three things are important. So if I'm in a relationship with you, Mangala, as a friend. So it is very important that I we already establish that we trust each other mm-hmm. uh, or we respect each other. And if even if we don't trust each other, at least we re- respect each other um, as a friend. You know, we respect mm-hmm. each other or as human beings, per se. And also that we have, um, we care about one another. We want, we, w- we wish, <laughs> we wish... Good, you know, good for one another. But if we have that, then our mind doesn't necessarily run to the worst case scenario, like you were saying, like or most critical. Or like, th- I will know that when you're giving me feedback or when you're being honest with me about something, I know because there is, um, because there's underlying trust and un- because there's underlying respect and because I know that you care about me, underlying care for one another. It is re- It would be very easy for me to assume when you give me feedback that it's coming from a good place. Uh, it's coming from a place where you want to improve the relationship, not to break the relationship. Right. Because I I trust you, um, or I res- and I respect you, and I know that you care about me. Mm-hmm. In any kind of new friendship or new relationship, because friendship is a type of relationship, mm-hmm. what are the things that start building trust? One of the things we talk about is um, is open communication. Another thing that adds to the trust is being there for one another, emotionally and physically. Can you talk a little bit about open communication? Open communication, okay? Open communication is similar to as if like I'm available for you to come to me and talk talk to me. Open meaning like um, open communication is where the person is available for you to go to. A uh, person is there's um, there's honesty that that happens as well, but that's also open and honest are kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do to make sure that the other party in the relationship feels comfortable coming to you? Like, how do you, how do you create that trust 
in the first place so that the other person feels like they can come and talk to you? Oh, basically, yeah. So the other, the way you create open and honest communication is by first being available mm-hmm. to 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 communicate. So if you're around, if you're picking up your phone calls, if you're if you're taking communi- selfies, <laughs> <laughs> if you're picking up yeah yeah if you're picking up your phone calls and if you're hanging out with the person, they're available for you to talk to. So that's very important. And after that, just having a stance where you're not always reacting mm-hmm. and controlling mm-hmm. and un- and listening, actively listening, and being, being empathic. Empathic meaning, like if I would, like I said earlier, it just means putting yourself in that person's shoes and feeling what they could, they're feeling. And if you do that, then the other person wants to come and talk to you because they know that you're not reacting. They know that I can say this to, I can say th- this to my partner, and the partner won't get upset. Or I can say this to my friend and my friend won't get upset. And even if it does hurt my friend's feelings or my partner's feelings, my partner will say it in a way that won't hurt me back. Mm-hmm. That's what open and honest communication looks like and empathic communication looks like where two people are talking about what their needs are without hurting and triggering one another. What are the other building blocks of a healthy relationship? We talked about trust. Mm-hmm. Um, open communication. We talked about open communication and... Oh, respect. Respect is a big one. What is respect? Respect is when you admire somebody for uh, who they are. When you... Uh, or their qualities and their abilities. And, and their heart, their soul, or them as a person. Whatever they, they're... Whatever they are. The essence of them. So that's what respect means. And... When there is respect in the relationship, there is um, there is no oppression in the relationship. There is no imbalance of uh, it, I wouldn't say no, but there is very little imbalance of power in the relationship. Okay. Can you speak a little bit to oppression in one-on-one relationships? I have an understanding of it in a social, structural, institutional context, but not so much in terms of relationships between individuals oppression happens when you there is no regard or concern for one's needs it's like kind of if you're being just used by someone or if you're using somebody else for one thing specifically not really caring about their needs or what they want you're just kind of manipulating them and using them that would be oppression (laughs) fantastic that's an example of oppression yeah that that's what oppression looks like oppression is just because i hold a power or um because the person likes me more or whatever one person in oppression one person has more power than the other so one partner has more power than the other so the person who has more power and power could be whether they may they have the resources or whether the they are admired more in in their relationship than the other person so whatever power could be anything and they use that power to um manipulate control or devalue the other person is an imbalance of power in a relationship always a bad thing no, it's not always a bad thing. It only becomes a bad thing when the person with the power decides to abuse it by oppressing the individual. So, for example, if you know, I'll use Raksha, Raksha 
examples like when Raksha clients out of the Raksha clients when they come here they're they have issues with um they're dependent on their significant other they're dependent like with when it comes to immigration financial needs and everything they're dependent or even just uh, you know being able to drive around or get around being able to get around places so they're dependent on their partner so you of course the other partner has uh, more power so when that partner uh, chooses to control yeah when that per- person with the power uh tries to control and use the other person by taking out their frustration anger or just say that what you know you're not going to leave me because hey you need me you're not going so like i'm going to call you whatever names i'm going to insult you or, or i'm going to hit you or i'm going to treat you like a slave whatever it is um that they do and because they know that they hold the power the other person will not be able to leave the relationship how do you distinguish between open honest communication and advocating for your own needs and oppression say for example one person really wants to hold hands and the other person <laughs> has the power to hold hands but doesn't want to and so they make it known that although you know, they could hold hands with this other person, they just don't want to, and the other person really wants to hold hands. Where do you distinguish, and how do you distinguish between oppression and open, honest communication, and, like, advocating for your needs in a situation like hand-holding? <laughs> well, hand-holding, so the person's, bo- uh, like, your body, your your choice right so if the person doesn't want to hold hands you can't really force them and they're not because they don't feel like being touched you can't really call that oppression however if the hand holding has been a theme like not holding hands has been a theme in a relationship and it it's it leaves you feeling rejected it leaves the other partner feeling rejected and feeling less than um and feels like the relationship is the love is not there the the mutual care is not there mm-hmm. um the mutual respect is not there and that's being violated then there needs to be communication about like what this hand holding means to mm-hmm. the partner so if there is a mutual respect and if there is mutual care for one another and mutual tr- trust then what will uh, what will happen is both partners will come to some sort of a compromise or come with come up with a solution because in healthier relationship you kind of, this partner who wants to hold hands gets gets to say that hey listen you're not holding my hand it's making me feel like um, I don't matter to you. It's making me feel like I feel uh, that you're rejecting me. It's making me feel like um, that this relationship is not important to you. So here, this um, this I'm ho- hoping that the person who wants to hold a hand has clarity on what's happening when the hand holding act of hand holding is not happening, right? So when they talk to the other partner. When they talk to them, their partner, saying that this is how it's making me feel, the other partner who, if the person, if the other partner who is not a, oppressive uh, and abusive, will say like, "I'm sorry, that is not what 
what it you know it means to me like me just not wanting to hold hand is because I have issues around touch because of so and so reason or mm. it could be that I you know feel a little embarrassed about so and so thing or if you feel like you want to hold hand maybe we could do it at the mall and not at the temple or whatever it is <laughs> I know right <laughs> whatever it is or if you want to hold hand during like while we watch TV so you come to some sort of compromise when there's mutual trust and when there's mutual respect and mutual care for one another and what will you will see happening in a relationship where there is um, imbalance of power abuse of power more than imbalance actually and oppression is the person who doesn't want to ha hold hands a hold hands will start using that as a as a manipulation tactic or as an abusive tactic saying that you know what it's because I don't feel like it and you're just gonna have to deal with it hmm. you know you feel rejected that's your problem not my problem oh, you know or so it's, mean. <laughs> yes it is mean <laughs> and what you will see in, and it could go the other way as well in some relationship you can see the other par partner saying that you don't hold my hand that's why I feel rejected and you don't want me so the person, the other person can end up feeling manipulated because they're trying to induce guilt instead right. of solving problem. They're trying to yeah. induce, um, induce guilt and having them do something out of guilt instead of actually trying to understand like, hey, what is the problem? Why aren't we holding hands? Instead, like you reject me, you're a horrible person. You don't. It's also really mean. It, that is also mean. Take a go either way. <laughs> so that's why it is very important that there is, a, there is mutual trust open communication mutual respect for one another because when you respect one another you can have these open communications um and you can talk about these things and actually come to a solution sounds like what a lot of this boils down to is like just be nice to each other yeah. why wouldn't you why would <laughs> right? you be why would you want to be in a relationship if you can't be yeah. nice to one another yeah and yet, it's so difficult for so many people to build healthy relationships. And yes. I know that you see that in the work that you do every day. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that a person who is either doing some of these behaviors or experiencing some of these bad relationship behaviors can change either their own behavior or start talking to their partner about how to build the relationship and how to heal it and turn it into something that's healthy? Right, and first, I mean, one first thing I want to say is that just because you are engaging in this behavior does not mean you're a horrible person. Does not mean your your relationships are doomed for failure. It does not mean that at all. Um, it's all it's <laughs> yes. You can still work on work on yourself and work on the relationship. Um, there are some ways that they can do that. It's like going to counseling. I don't know. I mean, counseling is really expensive. And a lot of people can't afford it. And even when there's, when there are free services available, like here we have free services for survivors of sexual assault, domestic violence, even then it can sometimes be very difficult to get there because of transportation reasons, because you're worried what other people might think, because it's just scary to go and talk about mm -hmm. your problems sometimes. I'm wondering if there are scripts or templates that we could use for starting to talk about these things. For example, when I was in elementary school, there was some bullying going on, and we had an educator come in and have us practice saying, when you do this, I feel like this. And at that particular age, that was very powerful, 
and it gave us as elementary school children a good way to communicate our feelings and needs about certain things to our peers. I'm certain, like, I'm sure that you can go to, you can go on Google and do research, I mean, do search on healthy communication skills in a relationship Mm -hmm. and find tons of, tons of scripts and um, essays and writings and articles on it. So, like, use the internet. Use the internet, yes. What's a good way to get that conversation started? Like, say you realize that you and your partner haven't been communicating super well. What can you say? What's one template for a sentence you can use to start that conversation with the other person? I mean, to make, yeah, like you were saying about the bullying, that um, you can first, you can say that, hey, you know, let's talk about our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, what, how do you think, how do you feel in our relationship? When it okay. comes to trust, do you think we both trust each other? When it comes to respect, do you think you have, you know, do, do we, like, talk about do you respect one another? When it comes to care, do you care about one another? And so you can start from there and see where the underlying issues are. You know, I wish there was like um, one answer that I can give you for mm-hmm. these problems, but there isn't, unfortunately. And if there was, I guess... <laughs> We'd all jobs, be great communicators. <laughs> you guys will all... Yeah, we all would be great communicators. Yeah. And you wouldn't need therapists. There would be... <laughs> we would not have therapist jobs at all. And um, and whoever come, came up with the script would be rich. <laughs> But we don't. There's no one-size-fits-all answer in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just means that if there is a trust issue, that means there's lots of work that needs to be done, not just by the person who doesn't, who is not trusted, but also the person who doesn't trust. Yeah. So they both need to do a lot of work on themselves and decide mm-hmm. like whether this relationship is important for them to continue. And if they do, what are the steps they're going to take? to fix this problem okay so after you identify what the problem is Mm -hmm. then you talk about it right so you ask questions yes about what do you ask questions about like where it's coming from like what specific things make each party feel that way yeah like yes of course so you would ask so if there's a problem about trust like i feel like i don't i can't say for example i feel like i don't trust you manuela so um, there would be conversation about why I don't trust you. There would be yeah. conversations about um, what what you've done, and naturally you would have some comments about whatever I have to say. So just hearing the comments back and figuring out what you want to do next. So mm-hmm. at that point, when you've identified the problems and you've talked about the problems, there needs to be a talk about whether both of you guys want to continue this relationship. Mm-hmm. And... Then you want to, if you decide to continue the relationship, then you want to figure out what are the steps you're going to do. I mean, you're going to take, what are the steps you're going to take to fix this problem, to Mm -hmm. work on the problem? And these problems, both parties need to work. One party needs to work on how to trust. One party needs to do some introspection and reflection on how they can trust. And the other party needs to do is steps to earn back the trust. Yeah. From my very limited experience compared to yours, therapist, (laughs) um, what I've seen is that sometimes it can be little things 
and it can be one person's interpretation of a behavior and another person's little quirk or one thing that um, the other party does that they don't mean to be a certain way but they just do something like say they kick off their shoes in a certain place every time and that's something that really rankles the other person Mm -hmm. because the other person interprets it as that this person coming into my house kicking off their shoes there doesn't care and doesn't respect my space right like there that's the problem they don't care they don't respect my pro uh, they don't respect my what, what did you say space they don't respect my space so the problem isn't the mm-hmm. kicking off the shoes the problem is they don't care yeah so it's the the way you're interpreting it yes and like so what the action means it could be the interpretation or it could be the reality of it yeah. so kicking off the shoes may be just one symptom of like they, they don't care it yeah. could be that they've missed um they've missed uh birthdays or it could be that they you know they you know the person buys flowers and the other party doesn't care that they bought flowers or you know they clean the whole house and nobody acknowledges that hey you know what i cleaned the whole house yeah so it could the it could be like kicking off the shoes and not putting it in the appropriate place it's just one symptom right so don't care is a theme so the mm-hmm. problem is not the sh- shoes the problem is that this partner does not feel like they're being cared for. So, like, in a case like that, um, there are things that both partners could do, right, if they've decided they want to work on the relationship. What are some things that the partner who's coming across as not caring can do? <laughs> Come across more caring. <laughs> so, like, in that case, would you... So, would in that, that, the conversation would look like, again, this is not one-size-fits-all, and I want to yeah. emphasize this. So much because it varies from relationship to relationship so this is not like written in stone that this is how it has to be done mm-hmm. but what you would want to ask is like what are the some ways do you feel cared for mm-hmm. what are some ways that I can what some things that I can do that you would feel like I care about you so if that means putting the shoes in the right place <laughs> then I'm gonna go ahead and do it you know if you yeah. can, if you want to do it unless you're like attached to that place where you want to put the shoes <laughs> then there needs to be a discussion about that but in yeah. my experience that's never happened <laughs> but yes then there needs to be you know communication about like what are some of the things that I can do so you feel like you care and it, this is if the person genuinely cares right about the other person because yeah. sometimes you know some people drag on a relationship even if they don't care about the other person yeah. And we don't want that. So if there is a genuine mutual care, I'm assuming that there is mutual care, then you ask, like, hey, what do you want me to do? Now, in there, and then the other person who doesn't feel cared for cannot assume that a person, like the other partner, will magically figure out what, what acts will make you feel cared for. Because we all come from different backgrounds um, and different histories, different cultures. Mm-hmm. So uh, w- one person may grow up saying that, like, if I do this thing, like, if I do the dishes, that means I care about you. Versus other person may be like, if I give you flowers, that means I care mm-hmm. about you. People have different ways of giving and receiving affection and what they think is important or how this is how I communicate I care about you, you know. So I, I, I communicate by giving you my time that I care about you and so the other person needs to understand the other partner who wants the care needs to 
also work on like how do I communicate that this is what uh, this is what I need to feel cared for Mm-hmm. The, these are the things that you can do to care for instead of just saying that hey you should know the answer figure it out right and none of us are mind readers yes none of us are mind readers <laughs> it's like you should know that girls like flowers no some girls don't <laughs> like flowers yeah. or you should know that guys like this you know no we don't know <laughs> so I think the key is op- communicating and instead of just assuming that the person will know that this is what it this is how you do it <laughs> because a lot of people are clueless about how to as you were said in the beginning of the podcast, that we are not taught that this is how we, this is how you build a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. So just help each other out in building one. Thank you so much for this lovely conversation, Dr. Patel. You're welcome, Angela. It was fun. Don't forget to subscribe to Raksha Radio.